Welcome to the Man Cave Podcast. I'm Dan Casper, and this is a podcast where we talk mostly sports, but hey, we'll talk about whatever else is on our minds. Outdoors, hobbies, movies, all the fun stuff. So sit back, grab a beverage, pull up a chair, and join me in the Man Cave for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Dan Casper here, as always. Appreciate you uh, tuning in to another episode of the podcast. What are we going to chat about today? What are we gonna, we're we going to chat some hoops. My bucks, they're out. Giannis couldn't carry the team for one more game. I shouldn't, that's not, I'm not trying to put it all on Giannis. That was, that was really... Really bad wording by me right there. Uh, that was not Giannis, but Bucks just could not get one more victory after being up 3-2 to two in the series. Lost their last two. Kind of felt like Chris Middleton was going to be back for the Eastern Conference Finals, but nonetheless, tip of the cap to, to Boston. But I've got a problem with you, NBA, and you're going to hear about it coming up here in just a minute or two okay i've got a problem with you but i'll hold off i'll hold off here for a couple minutes because a couple other things we're going to be talking about you know i like q and a's right i love q and a's when uh when listeners will send me a q and a they'll send me a question a random question uh or like a good topic or something like that we got a good one we got a good one so i uh, get to that and then uh, if you listen to the radio show, the other day we were kind of talking about favorite sports memories as a child or your favorite childhood sports memory and put it up on, on Facebook and Twitter as well. But uh, And a lot of you gave me your picks, which is awesome. Thank you for that. And, you know, it was a mixture. Mostly it was about uh, watching a game on TV or, or maybe in person. But... I'm going to tell you what mine is, and it's not a game uh, that I watched or anything like that. It's just when I think about my childhood, my favorite sports memory, and the, the, the one that kind of just sticks in my head, it's, it's, it's always there. And I'll explain it coming up in just a little bit. But let's get things rolling here. Uh, I want to... I want to you know, do a little festivus or grind my gears, get on a soapbox here about the NBA. So, you know, for a, for a while now, the NBA is such a, I, I don't know how to describe it, but I don't know, a lot of people have issues with the NBA. And a lot of it is dealt with, you know, style of play or the officiating or lack thereof, whatever. What What's a travel, right? You know, everybody travels, it seems like. The one thing that really stood out, and yes, I'm gonna I'm calling out you Boston Celtics. I don't know if we have any Boston fans that listen to this podcast, but the, the heightened complaining and flopping really showcased in this series. And it's not just a Boston thing. Every team does it. Let's let's not kid ourselves. Every team has learned the art of the flop. Every team complains and bitches about a call. The thing, though, that I think is getting a little out of hand is that 
it's it's going up, you guys. I mean, the, right now, to me, the NBA, the way it's played, and the way it's officiated, and I'm not pick, I'm not trying to pick on the officials. Believe me, I think right now being an NBA official might be the most difficult officiating job in sports because I it's, I'll get to that in a second. But it's just like a big circle right now. Guys are flopping and constantly looking for foul calls even after they've made a damn shot. They're always looking for the and one. Looking for that and one. And when the, and then when a call is made, when a foul is called, players are acting like that's the most shocking thing that happened to them in the whole world. Like they can't believe that that was actually called. Like you've got to be kidding them. And the thing is, when it, we got youngsters watching this, you know, I don't know about a lot, a lot of you, but you know, when I was a youngster, when I was when I was a wee little lad, I had try I emulated a lot of my favorite athletes. Basketball was a big one. So I, you know, you're watching this, and and honestly, yes, I I remember players complaining about that, but I really honestly feel like it's gotten to a point now where it is almost on every possession just complaining and bitching and and all this sort of stuff and you got youngsters they're seeing this they're going to emulate that they're going to start acting like that as well the 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 constant complaining and and flopping and all that and then you've got like officiating that's kind of all over the place because you know do they call it do they call this foul even though that they you know should we keep it a little bit more physical? But then you got players bitching, and then when the players bitch, do you whistle too much at that point, and then they're bitching again? It's just a never-ending cycle. It's a circle that keeps going on and on and on. It's like a hamster in one of those like you know circle twister things. I don't even know what the hell they're called. The NBA can't go back on this. They can't. You can you can put as many rules as you want, and you can. The officials can call it any certain way. They can do all this. It ain't going to change. The only way it's going to change is it's going to take a mentality change from players, officials, NBA, coaches, everybody. It just needs to take a completely different mentality. It's it's gotten ridiculous at this point. It, it's gotten ridiculous. You either... I don't know. It's I don't know how this started or when this started. I really don't. You know, I don't know if it just became to a point where, you know, bigger and you know, basketball players, more physical players, the game became more a little bit more physical, which is kind of weird to say because you had, you know, the pistons and all that stuff back in the day. I, I don't know why all of a sudden this just started. I mean, I get it. Everybody's looking for an edge, looking for an advantage. To, to win a game, trying to get the opposing team in foul trouble. You're trying yourself to get to the charity stripe, to the free throw line, all that other stuff. I, I, I There's, you know, you could call it trying to, you know, strategy or whatever. But it's, and this is why I, this is why a lot of people, I shouldn't say a lot because, I mean, there's still quite a few basketball fans out there, but this is why a good chunk of people can't stand the NBA is because, you know, you've got these players who are constantly complaining. Uh, you've got, you know, no calls of no traveling or or the whistle being blown too much on ticky stack, ticky tack stuff. 
it's just it it's it's difficult and i and you know from an official standpoint you know if if you're calling it too close you're getting bitched at if you're not calling it too close you're getting bitched at it's just, it's just, there's always a player or a coach in an official's ear and yes there's at, there are at times when an official just needs to swallow the whistle and let them play they're going to get bitched at if you're an umpire if you're an official, you know that comes with the territory. That comes with the job. You're going to get yelled at. You're going to get screamed at. You're going to get obscenities, you know, thrown at you from fans and, and, and all that sort of stuff. It's going to happen. I hate to say it. It shouldn't, but it does in pro sports. It, it does in pro sports. It does in college athletics. You hate to say it, and it sucks. I've been there. Not to that level. But, I mean, the fact that it's at a, a junior high level and kindergarten level, that's pretty darn scary. Officials have the most thankless job in the entire sports world. They do. You can't play these games without officials. Yet they probably get treated like they're treated the worst. But I think a lot of them know, kind of know going into it, hey, I'm get, you You got to be mentally tough to be an official, man. I mean, you have got to be mentally tough. You have got to withstand I can't do that. I, no way. No way in hell could I do that stuff. Not even anymore. I don't even want to do that for, like, Little League or basketball anymore. I, I can't deal with that. I don't want to deal with that. So these officials know that they're they're going into a situation probably knowing that they're going to get yelled at and screamed at and all that. But at the same time, it's like, you know, it's a fine balance for them. How do you call a basketball game? Too tight, you get yelled at. Too loose, you get yelled at. It's just these players, it's got to stop the complaining they've got to stop this it's frustrating and i don't know why all of a sudden it seems like and maybe it's just the exposure of the game it's on tv more games are talked about more we have social media so everything is analyzed and scrutinized and all that sort of stuff but it just feels like it has gone out of control and you know, these players trying, they don't want to be so, phys I mean, it's just, honestly, I'll just come out and say it. It seems like a lot of these players want basketball to be a finesse game. Instead, you know, they don't want any phys physicality involved into it. Now, I'm not saying going out there and tackling a guy or throwing an elbow in his face or, or you know, doing what the bad boy Pistons did. But, I mean, come on. Really? I mean, some of this flopping is a joke. And some of this ticky stack stuff, it's an absolute joke. And it's, in my opinion, it's affecting the game. And I used to love basketball. I still love basketball. Not as much as I used to as a kid. NBA hoops was my life. It was my life. And now it's just like, what? What, what are you seeing in some of these calls? How do you even officiate this? You know, you got guys like, you know, I remember back in the day Shaq was – maybe getting called for too many fouls just because he was so big. He was so big. And Giannis is maybe kind of that same way. He's so aggressive. But then you've got players that just, you know, you get you touch them a little bit. Oh, they're throwing arms up and, and all that other stuff. They're trying to draw fouls on, on shot fakes. It's just, it, I hate it. I hate it. And it seems like it's getting worse and worse every single year. I hate that more than I hate transition threes. And that says something, because I hate transition threes. 
I don't like the style of basketball right now. I don't. I miss old school basketball, inside out basketball. I miss it. I miss it a lot. But that's my my vent a little bit there on uh, NBA hoops. So, as regarding who I think is going to win it all now, I honestly don't give a you know what. I I, I don't care. I think Golden State's going to go, and I think the Heat are going to go. And I think Golden State will probably win it all, I guess, if I had to make a pick. So, all right. Uh, speaking of which, quick break here. My favorite childhood sports memory is related to basketball, but it wasn't watching basketball. I'll tell you what it is coming up next. I wake up early every morning, and the first thing I do is turn on the coffee maker. I need that caffeine to get my rise and grind going. But coffee wasn't just doing it anymore. I needed an extra kick. That's when I found Ghost Energy. First of all, the name stood out. I mean, come on, Ghost, Casper, you get it. But the main thing for me was the sugar. There's none, and only five calories per can. See, I was never a fan of energy drinks because of all the sugar in them. But with Ghost Energy Drink, I don't have to worry about that. Plus, I get a little nostalgia because of their flavors like Orange Creamsicle, Sour Patch, and Warheads. Hey, rise and grind, people. Grab a ghost and dominate the day. The Man Cave Podcast is hitting the road and recording episodes at your favorite locations. But we needed a little bit of help moving around the equipment from location to location. So we brought in the experts from Dan the Moving Man. Whether we're broadcasting locally or from a longer distance, Dan the Moving Man is with us every step of the way. And that could go for you as well. Dan the Moving Man is the moving service you can count on. They offer a wide range of moving-related services to help better serve you. So when you see us in the Man Cave podcast out on the road at your favorite locations, it's because of the help that we received from Dan the Moving Man. And you can get that same help. Just visit danthemovingman.com for more information. So what is your favorite sports childhood memory? A lot of you, when we put it up on uh, socials, on my Twitter page and Facebook, or, you know, we talked a little bit about it on the uh, on the radio show and, and, and such. But, um, you know, a lot of you had picked games that you watched, Super Bowl thirty one for maybe some of the younger Packers fans or or Twins and Kirby Pocket and and some older stuff out there too. A few of you picked uh, some games that maybe you played in or something like that. I'll tell you, mine is a little bit off the beaten path. Uh, I'll give you my top two, but one really stands out. So number two, playing football, third grade, Mr. Waller, all time quarterback with our class. We always played football. At recess, that stood out to me. I think that was the first, probably the 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 start for uh, for my love of football was was playing those recess days. Two hand touch, all time quarterback, Mister Waller, third grade teacher. But the ones that really stand out, my favorite sports childhood memory was always playing basketball in in the driveway or we had a cement slab in the backyard. Put up a hoop back there. And or like even the close, you know, you know those little mini basketball hoops you put over the door, like your bedroom door or something like that. Or you know what I did sometimes when I would break mine, you take a clothes hanger, a wire one, adjust it, and you can use that as a hoop. Honestly, those are some of my most vivid memories because I th- it was basketball and, and just kind of shooting hoops and and whether it was inside or outside, that was kind of my sanctuary. That's that's kind of where I just got away for, from everything. And honestly, I can't tell you how many times I would just daydream about, all right, hey, when I get home from school, I'm gonna, I get to play some hoops. 
I'm going to do this, you know, work on this, imagine this. Like, I'm going to imagine that I'm on the magic and going up against Jordan and the Bulls, you know, all that sort of stuff. And that was just my outlet. That was my outlet. Like, if I had a basketball and I was dribbling and shooting some hoops, that was my thing. That was that was my thing. And, you know, kind of – I'm it, it, when I think about, like, my summers and – and springs, I mean, I remember shoveling driveways off and, and you know, the, the cement and that and just to be able to play some hoops. Heck, I, basketball is my thing. Like, even even in school, I would get to school, like, at 6.30 in the morning, and I lived, what, a mile, mile and a half, couple miles from school, the the middle school. Actually, I was, in the mid, I was a little bit closer to the high school and elementary school, but lived in town, and middle school wasn't even that far either. But, you know, I'd get there early, between 6.30 and 7, I think. And school didn't start till like after eight, like eight fifteen or something. And I would just play basketball in the gym. And I remember my principal, Mr. Penn, we had it like timed out because our middle school had two gyms. So you'd walk into the to the big gym and then you'd take a right and it's a small gym. And I'd go always go in a small gym and we always kinda had it timed out. He always saved me a leather basketball in the gym teacher's office. And like I was always the first one there or one of the first ones there. And I would just shoot hoops. I would just shoot hoops and shoot hoops for over an hour every morning um, at, at school, in, in middle school there, especially like 7th and 8th grade. That was that was my thing right there, 7th and 8th grade, morning hoops. Oh, it was so – God, man, I don't know how many minutes I put in just shooting and shooting. And then at home, driveway. I mean, I remember before I had a basketball hoop, I, I pretended a, a sidewalk block was, was my hoop, to be honest with you. Like, I pretended that was my hoop, a sidewalk block. You know how they're kind of divided? That was my hoop, and that's what I would pretend uh, if I wanted to go outside. I'd work on a dribbling and just kind of do that if I didn't go down to the park or, or anything like that. Um, but basketball was my sanctuary. It was my outlet. It was where I kind of got away. It was where I would just let my – it would – it was where my imagination would just kind of take off. I would daydream. Honestly, I would like, I'd play GM in my head. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to be on the Orlando magic and we're going to trade for this player. Um, and then I'm a player on that team too. So, you know, I'm passing it off to Penny Hardaway or Dennis Scott. And, you know, maybe we acquired, um, you know, let me throw out a name. I'm trying to think of, <laughs> trying to see, this is like, I love the 90s hoops, but now when you're trying to think of a player, uh, you know, maybe we acquired Jamal Mashburn or some ridiculous thing like that. I would play that in my mind, like, and I would always, as a kid, like, I would imagine it throughout the day, like, okay, we're going to make this trade. We're going to acquire this person. And then I would daydream about it. And like, as soon as we get, I get home, you know, I'd be playing the hoops and imagining and, and playing along with that, that what I've been thinking about all day, you know, like, Hey, we made this trade. So now I'm passing it off to, to Mashburn or, or Steve Smith or, or something like that. And I'm playing on the team too. And Hey, we're down by two. We're going to set it up. And my sweet spot was always to the right side, the right wing of the hoop and boom game winner right there. I mean, that was my thing. I loved it. basketball allowed me to like, it was, it just, it made me daydream. And it it really got my imagination involved, and I and I think of myself as a creative person, 
I, I mean, I think of constantly, I'm, I've, I've always got ideas. Some of them are really dumb. Some I never follow through. The very few that I kind of weed out and just let simmer are the ones that get through. But I've always, I'm something about me. I've always got something on my mind. I'm always thinking of something. I'm always thinking of a project or an activity or something like that. And it really started, I think, with with basketball and, and just imagining, you know, me playing hoops and, and you know, making these trades and, and, and that sort of thing. So, and yeah, I would imagine it throughout the day and maybe that's why I wasn't the best student. I was always imagining playing basketball and playing sports and, and all that sort of stuff. And that's why, you know, when in the previous segment talking about the NBA, it kind of sucks to to be so and, and you know, I was I was negative about the NBA in in that last segment. And that kind of sucks because I can tell you the NBA was my first or basketball was my first love. Basketball was my first love. I loved the game of basketball. Loved it. I mean, it was it was my thing. I mean, even before I had a basketball, I was playing basketball with a volleyball. You know, any way I could play, I was into it. I loved basketball. So it sucks to kind of talk about it negatively, you know, in, in the game itself. And, and and maybe if it was still kind of like, you know, as I grew up as a kid, maybe I'd still be more into it. But I don't know. It's just it's just one of those things, you know what I mean? So, but no, my favorite childhood memories, it, it, it's basketball. Basketball and and uh, and and playing football at recess, not all those organized games or, or not watching them on TV. It was it was playing the games myself. That's those are my favorite sports memories. Um, to to end the podcast now. So there was a, a question. You know, we always get like the, these questions, or somebody will always like it's bar talk or banner talk. Your dream foursome, or who would you rather spend a day with, and all that sort of stuff. And somebody had asked me the other day. Who would you rather hang out with, Tiger Woods or Aaron Rodgers for the day? And, I mean, you know, I'm a big golf, Tiger Woods, Packer, Aaron Rodgers. You guys know me. But I'm going to put a little caveat. If it involves hanging out with them while they're doing their job for the day, then it's Aaron Rodgers for me. And I'll tell you why. I'm not talking about hanging out with them like during a round of the major championship or hanging out with him as he's trying to lead a game-winning drive down the field uh, of Lambeau Field for Aaron, as, as long Aaron Rodgers I'm talking about there, obviously. You know, I'm not talking about those like during games or during tournaments. I'm talking about like their practice days or the time that they put in to be so dang good at their craft. Because I think it, I think it would be awesome or, or fascinating to, to walk with Tiger Woods during a practice round and see what goes into preparing for a major championship for him, just to kind of like hang out with him and 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 watch him, you know, figure out club selection, certain different shots, how he'll play this if it's you know this lie or it's in that cut of grass, you know that yardage away. That would be fascinating. But I think it would be even more fascinating for me personally to sit with Rogers in like the quarterback room, the film room. And, and and sit with him while he's watching film and hear him explain, you know, what he's seeing with that defense or hear him explain why he did this, the play call here, what he would audible to this if it if the defense would give him this, you know, defensive assignments and and 
and what he sees on the field. And, 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 and the thing is, too, is like a lot of that stuff he has to process in a matter of seconds. He's got to do that in a matter of seconds. You know, you get the play call, you break the huddle, you go up to the line of scrimmage, and then you're looking at this deep. You got to process all that. And then once you know you you spike the you're, you 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 know yeah you you say hot and you get the ball you've got what three four seconds at most to to decide what you do and process and kind of look all over the field. I mean to to be able to see how a guy would prepare for that and and obviously he's at the highest level to to see that 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 to me would be fascinating. Both would be fascinating to see two of the best of all time you know, work at their craft. And yeah, it's great watching them, you know, play the football game or or play in the major championship. But maybe that's the nerd in me. I think it would be fascinating to watch them and spend a day with them and how they prepare, practice, film session, that sort of stuff. How they prepare. I mean, that that's where they got really good at their crafts. That's how they've gotten to be the best of the best some of the best to ever do it. It's the time they put in off the field or, you know, not in major championships, not in tournament play. It's that practice time. It's that study time. It's that film time. That's where these great ones have put it in, you know, put in the work to become great. And that's where if I were to spend a day with some of these, I kind of would want to do it, you know, watching them, practice and, and and study and all that sort of stuff because that's where that's where their their awesomeness comes from for I don't know how else to explain it, but that's that to me would be intriguing so if I ever get that question again or anything like that you know Tiger and Aaron I would love to spend a day with both of them but if the caveat was that it would be like during a practice day or something like that I'd love to do it with Aaron Rodgers I'd be such a nerd sitting in that film room and just kind of like absorbing everything he would say. Both would be great, but if I had to pick between the two, I'd pick Aaron in this instance. So, hey, that's going to do it for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Try to get another one this week. I got a couple days off. I'm going to do some turkey hunting. I'm going to try to do some fishing, maybe even some golf. I got some cool golf stuff coming and uh, some outdoor stuff coming. Hopefully, we'll be announcing that soon. But you'll want to make sure that uh, you're following on the Facebook page and the Twitter page for details on that. If you need the handles and the uh, or the Twitter uh, the Twitter handle or the Facebook page name, well, it's right at the end of this podcast. So, rest of you have a fantastic day, week. Until I chat with you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Hey everyone, Dan again. Before I let you go, I just wanted to thank you for listening to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. If you could do me a favor though and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform and give it a five-star rating, that would be awesome. Don't worry, it's free to subscribe. And make sure you're following me on Twitter at Dan Casper. Remember, that's Casper with a K. And liking the page at Facebook at facebook.com slash Casper Sports. See you next time in the Man Cave.